in today's show. We look ahead to Friday in the NBA, who we're streaming in, what we're watching for Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangio. Sportsbook, Fangio Sportsbook, that's the word. Official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit Fangio.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We'll look ahead to Friday. There are eight games on as we end out of week 18 in fantasy basketball. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> okay. The first game we're going to take a look at is the Knicks and the Wizards. The Wizards somehow are one and a half point favorites. That seems wrong, but that's where we're currently at with that one. Of course, odds thanks to Fangio. Um, at the moment, nobody is out of this game, but two big players are questionable, and they're sort of going in the opposite direction. Because we've got great news that Mitch Robinson is questionable for the Knicks. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. But unfortunately for the Wizards, Bradley Beal is questionable with a knee issue. I, I, I don't know what the hell is going on with Bradley Beal. I feel like he's going to request a trade in the offseason. I don't know why I feel that. I just feel that. I don't know. There's just so much stuff about him that he's just weird. Um, I know that he's going to be a gigantic discount in drafts next season. I can tell you that now. He's probably going to fall outside the top 50. Um, but we, he's currently questionable with knee soreness. So that is a big deal. On the Knicks, what are we watching for? Rowan Barrett. Is he good? No. Can he provide category league value? Also no. Can he be a points league guy? That's probably the only question we have left there. Now, to be fair, in category leagues, he can still be useful enough. But if he's going to play 32 minutes or 24 minutes or 30 minutes, he's not. He needs 36 or 37. And with the arrival of Josh Hart and the realization that Grimes and Hart and Quickly are all better than RJ Barrett, that his chances of playing 36 a night seem limited. But who knows? Tibbs might push him back up, and that's what we want to watch. We also do need to watch the hitman, Josh Hart, because he hasn't played 30 minutes yet. Now, we thought that Tibbs would love him, and I'm pretty sure he does. But Tibbs loving someone usually means 36 minutes a night. We saw it with Quentin Grimes. He was playing 36 minutes a night. Hart isn't there. So 24 a night of Josh Hart probably isn't enough long-term. I'm not dropping him, but if he's going to stay in this mid-20s minute zone along with Grimes, along with Quickly, it's going to make him hard to be a must-roster player. We need to watch that. For the Wizards, we do want to see what happens with Dan Gafford. Last game, they benched him at halftime so they could play more of Corey Kispert, which is always a terrible idea. Gafford's last two games under 20 minutes, one was foul trouble and one was the Kispert situation. Does Beal being out or if Beal is out, does that impact Gafford? I am still holding Gafford, but if it trends down to 19 minutes, then he's not a hold. If he gets 24, then he is. I also want to watch DeLon Wright because DeLon's last two games, 29 and 29 minutes. And 29 minutes of DeLon Wright is a 12-team league player. If Beal is out, that helps DeLon, and that probably makes him worth grabbing for now, even with the uncertainty around Beal. Because if Beal plays like the last two games, DeLon still played a lot. 
Is that the direction they're going? That is something we need to pay attention to because it is really important for where D-Lon's value. In category leagues, not so much of a points league guy. In category leagues, his value could be on the rise. The Heat and the Bucks is the next game. Milwaukee are one and a half point favorites in this one for Miami. We know that Kyle Lowry is out again. Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Little Chungus, Nikola Jovic is out. Um, Omer Yurtseven is out. But Tyler Hero will be back. Victor Oladipo will be back. And Kevin Love will be playing. For the Bucks, I'm going to... I don't know this for sure, but Giannis isn't playing. There's almost no way he's playing with that wrist injury. Portis is going to be back. Chris Middleton's going to be back. Jay Crowder's going to play. Most likely, they're all officially probable at the moment, but I think they're all going to play. The other one to watch is Paddy Connaughton, who's questionable with a calf issue. He was out the last game before the break, so we do need to watch that. But with Giannis out, the arrival of Portis and Crowder, they'll slot into his minutes, and we still won't, won't really get an idea of the rotation because a big piece is going to be out, most likely, in Giannis. So on the Heat, the big thing we're going to watch is Kevin Love. I don't think his role is going to be clearly defined in game one. But if they come in first game and start him, then that's obviously very encouraging for his playing time. I Look, I saw Kevin Love play a lot in Cleveland this last season and the season before, and he wasn't very good. He was okay. Well, that's not true. Last season, he was okay. But do the Heat actually need him to play 27 minutes? Can he do that? Can he be more than a points and threes stream guy with some rebounds? And that can be useful but we will get some sort of an idea of their plans for him in this first game. I also want to watch Gabe Vincent, who I do believe is a must-roster player. 34 minutes minimum in each of the last six games without Kyle Lowry. Yes, Oladipo has been out at that time as well, so we'll see if Vic has any impact on him, but I think we're going to get pretty good minutes out of Gabe. For the Bucks, I do want to see Bob Portis and Jay Crowder. Um, Portis, you know, coming back after that knee injury, the absence of Giannis is going to probably obscure his long-term role, but you know we go and grab Bobby if he's there. I think he will fade into being a drop, but with Giannis likely out, we go do that. And then Jay Crowder. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Is Crowder a 12-team league guy? Almost definitely not, and almost 100% not initially. But we want to see how he looks, how they use him. If Giannis and Connaughton are out, he might have to play 26, 27 minutes straight up. I don't know that that'll be the case every night, but just watching how Crowder looks out there. Now, even as a 30-minute-a-night starter in Phoenix last season, he was very much a borderline 12-team league guy, and I don't think he's going to be able to relive that sort of production or those sort of minutes on this team. So that gives you an idea of where I view him for 12-team formats. But we want to see how he looks. We want to see what he's able to produce for us because he can have an impact on a number of other players and at least be a stream option for a lot of deeper formats. Today's episode is brought to you by... FanDuel, the NBA season, we're at the midpoint, and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers, even threes drained. If we have a look, let's have a look at some NBA finals bets. The Celtics are still... Favorites, the Bucks are second favorites, and the Suns are at plus 450. The Bucks plus 440. So very close to Phoenix pushing up. I reckon if when Durant plays, if they look good, they will push up very, very close to Boston. And they'll overtake Milwaukee really quickly. You can check all of that over on FanDuel. Plus, FanDuel also lets you combine your bets for a bigger a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanjul.com slash locked on. That's fanjul.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with Fanjul, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And don't forget to gamble responsibly.
interesting that you guys call them same game parlay same game parlays here we call them multis same game multis i don't know why there's a difference in terminology but, but it is anyway next game Cavs hawks this is a back-to-back for cleveland um the hawks are one point favorites because of the back-to-back i'm guessing and this is their first game out of the break atlanta the only injury to report here is johnny collins who's questionable with concussion he suffered that injury in that last game before the break. So he was in the concussion protocol. So we'll see whether he's able to go. I know a lot of people are waiting to see what Joe Prunty's doing with this team. I don't foresee gigantic changes, but the only way we'll find out is by watching. And that's what we want to watch in this game to see exactly what Joe Prunty's going to do. Ricky Rubio is going to miss Cleveland's game on Thursday. So he should be available Friday. For the Hawks, what happens with Sadiq Bay? He played 18 minutes in his game with Collins there. And even the game before where Collins was out, he played 21. I find it very hard to believe that the depressed penis Sadiq Bay is going to be a 12-team league guy. But let's see how he impacts other guys like Collins, like Bogdanovich, like Griffin. I also want to watch Anyeka Okongwu because, again, he has not hit 20 minutes in three consecutive games. He's a backup center. And he can have good games. Is he a must-roster player? I don't think so. Is he totally okay being on a 12-team roster? Yeah, absolutely. But a 19-minute, 20-minute-a-night backup center is hardly a guy where I say, absolutely, you must hold him under every circumstance. I probably would hold him in vast majority of circumstances, but I wouldn't say that he's a must right across the board. Hornets and Wolves. I don't know why it says Atlanta minus one, because that is very much obviously not involving these two teams. It's actually Timberwolves minus seven and a half that the odds are in this game. And at this point, we know that Towns is out for Minnesota. For the Hornets, they haven't released an injury report after the break yet. So what we're waiting for to see whether Kelly Oubre is available. They thought he'd be available after the break. We're waiting to see if Cody Martin and his knee soreness is available. I have my doubts. And we're waiting to see if Terry Rogier is going to play because he missed last game a late scratch before the break with a hand injury. I'm pretty confident that Rogier is going to play in this game. Ubre, I'm on the fence. And Martin, I have pretty significant doubts, doubts whether he is going to play. But it's going to change a lot of their rotations if they are, in fact, fully healthy. Rogier, we'll see whether he's able to play, what his usage looks like and efficiency. Does Ubre, if he plays, have any sort of impact? I don't think there's going to be that much of an impact, but we want to see because Rogier has been pushing forward. And then I want to watch Dennis Smith Jr. because last game he played 31 minutes. Now that was without Ubre, without Martin, and without Rogier. And he'd been playing 20 a night. But if we play the 240 game, and you know what the 240 game is, there are 240 minutes every night available in an NBA game. How does Smith get 20 minutes with Ubre, Martin, and Rogier all playing? And the answer is he probably doesn't. It's really hard to get him there. If you're going to play Ubre 26, 27 a night and Haywood's going to play and Ball and Rogier are going to get their minutes, it's very hard to get Dennis Smith enough minutes to matter. His recent production would tell you he does matter. But if these guys all play, I don't think he does. So we want to see what his role is and how they look healthy or not. For the Wolves, Kyle Anderson, I believe, is a must-roster player. Um... He's back-started the last game before the break, played 31 minutes and looked really good. Hopefully, the time off has given his back a little bit of time to be okay, but he is a guy we want to watch. And then Mike Conley, who struggled a lot with his shooting. I think he went scoreless last game, but 32 and 33 minutes the last two games. That's really strong. I think he is a 12-team league guy. I think some of the usage stuff will be an issue, but the shooting is going to be better than last game, so I wouldn't be dropping him um, at this point. The Nets and the Bulls is the next game. The Bulls are actually one-point favorites here. Okay. 
We For Chicago, they were missing DeMar DeRozan before the break. He is off the injury report. Caruso missed before the break. He's off the injury report. Derek Jones missed before the break. He is off the injury report. And Patrick Beverly should be available to play after signing his contract. Goran Dragic is questionable. Javante Green is out. He's going to be out for a long time. I don't think Javante is playing this season. And I know that Lonzo Ball isn't playing this season. For Brooklyn, there's nobody on the injury report. So that's great news there. So what do we want to watch in Brooklyn? We want to watch Cam Thomas, who's played 18, 20, and 21 minutes. I don't expect that he's going to be getting much more than that because, as I've said a million times, yes, he can score. But I think Jacques Vaughn even came out and said it. said, look, yeah, that's great, but we also lost those games, and he needs to do more than just be the guy who takes every shot on the court. How about passing? How about defending? How about helping your teammates? How about setting screens? So I don't think that there's 29 minutes coming for Cam Thomas anytime soon. He can still be useful enough in 20 minutes because he can score a lot. But is there any upside in that? And without injuries, I'm not sure there is. For Nick Claxton, really disappointing. Last three games after the trade, 29, 23, 25 minutes. And Jacques Vaughan said, yeah, it was fatigue. And he's going to be back and playing big minutes after the break. We'll see if you're a liar or not, Jacques. So let's see what Claxton's role is. Is he back to 30 minutes? How do they work him and Simmons together? Or is he going to be stuck in this weird mid-20s role? I don't think Claxton will be, but we need to watch that. For the Bulls, I want to watch Patrick Beverly, but that's a placeholder name so I can watch what happens with Caruso, with Desumu, and with Kobe White as well. Because there are there are four guards there, three of them, basically the exact same player, um, and Kobe White is a scorer. How do they utilize those guys? Who loses out? Where does the starting role go? That's really important. Now, the important thing to note is that none of those guys are 12-team league must. The closest one is Caruso, but otherwise, no. 14-team leagues, maybe. I think Caruso is more of a 14-teamer, whereas Desumu and Beverly are 16-teamers and White's like an 18-teamer. But it's key to watch. I also want to watch DeRozan because prior to missing those games, he had dropped off a lot. His scoring and his usage and his shooting had all fallen away. Was that injury-related? Is it a slump that he's going through? Is he going to be impacted by this injury as we move forward? We need to get the answers to these questions. The next game is the Thunder and the Suns. The Suns are eight-point favorites in this one. It is a back-to-back for Oklahoma City. Pokashevsky will be out for OKC. Kevin Durant is out for Phoenix, as is Landry Shamit, who's out for at least another week with that foot issue. Man, he got dunked on by Aaron Gordon. Has played like one game since. That was on Christmas Day. He just hasn't played. But in terms of guys who haven't played, Cameron Payne. Looks like he could be returning. He is listed questionable with that foot injury. What Payne's impact does for guys like Lee, but more importantly for guys like Akogi, who's been playing a ton, will be something to watch. I don't. I think Shamit has more of an impact on Akogi, but Shamit's not there. But let's see if Payne has any sort of impact. We also want to watch Akogi because his last few games have been amazing. The minutes are great, and I think he still plays 30 minutes, but he played 39 and 41 the last two games. Is they just Are they just saying, well, you're now Mikhail Bridges? Maybe. Is he a 50% three-point shooter like he was? That's probably unlikely. But where does he fit into this mix? Is he fi- He's fine to have now for 12 teams at Josh Okogie, no problem at all. But I really don't see him being this must-roster guy. I also want to watch Terrence Ross, because last game, he played 25 minutes. First game for the Suns. Went crazy. Someone is going to lose out somewhere here when Durant returns, obviously. But even with the return of pain, who, who is losing out? It's probably Saban Lee, who's gone out of the rotation. But he played eight minutes last game. Um... Damian Lee has played eight minutes as well. Same, same, no, same Lee played eight. Damian Lee played eight. So they're both going to miss out. And Ross can get some of that time and Payne's going to get some of that time there as well. The next game, we take a look at the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. 
The Warriors are 10-point favorites in this one. This is a back-to-back for Golden State, and apparently Clay Thompson is going to play. Wiggins is out of Thursday's game with personal issues. I don't think he'll play Friday, but we don't know. But we know Steph is out. Jalen Green and Kevin Porter are doubtful. Uh, Gary Payton's going to be out, and Andre Iguodala is out as well. So for the Rockets, what do they do with no Green and Porter? Do they actually give minutes for Tari regular season, Tari next season, Tari preseason? Does he play at all at the three? That's what I want to watch. He hasn't at all, and he plays like 19 minutes a night. But is there a change here, or do they go to Dacian Nix and Josh Christopher and Ty Ty Washington? Because that's possible. They played also Trevor Hudgens 14 minutes last game. So where does that leave Eason? I also want to watch Christopher because there is a chance that he starts with Green and Porter both out. And that could make him at least an interesting stream for deeper leagues. The Kings and the Clippers is the next game we need to watch. The Clippers are six and a half point favorites. The Kings are on a back-to-back here, although they might not be because we don't know whether their game against the Blazers is actually going to go ahead on Thursday. The only person that we're really worried injury-wise here is Casey Okpala, who's been ruled out of Thursday. He's not a part of the rotation anyway, so that does not really matter very much. For the Clippers, what we want to see is Russell Westbrook. Price of the brick going up. Does he play? How do they play him? It sounds like they're going to start him first game over Terrence Mann, but that's, you know, sounds disastrous. We'll see whether they do that or not. We'll see what it means for his minutes, for Mann's minutes. Is Bones out of the rotation? Is Nick Batum out of the rotation? What are they going to do? And then the arrival of Westbrook, does it impact someone like Norman Powell? who is getting a ton of usage off the bench, but with things shuffling around, how does that impact power? Does that take him out of 12-team league discussions? They are very important questions that we need to watch. Very important in the sense that it's fantasy basketball and it means nothing in the real world. But for us, it's very important. Streaming, back-to-backs, Friday, Saturday, three teams have got it. The Hornets, the Knicks, and the Heat. So we're there, the guys that we target, players from those teams. If we're streaming in for Friday... Um, Kyle, Ant- these are all guys available in over 50% of leagues. Kyle Anderson, yes, needs to be rostered. Dante DiVincenzo, probably needs to be rostered. DeLon Wright, that's very interesting. I'd probably add him for now. I think Gafford is worth having. Kevon Looney's a good stream it's when you're looking for rebounds and field goal percentage. Caruso, yeah, that's for steals. Akogi, yeah, he's worth streaming. And then Grayson Allen when you're looking for threes. For deeper leagues, these guys are all available in 90% plus. You've got Jay Crowder and Tory Craig. Um, Isaac Okoro, very similar themes with those guys. Ricky Rubio for those assists, some good stream value. Joshy Christopher might actually play 30 minutes. Um, Jermichael Green, who played some pretty good basketball before the break. The artist formerly known as Torian Prince. And Nick Richards as well as a good deeper league guy. For points leagues, we're looking at Kyle Anderson, Dan Gafford, uh, Josh Kogi, Kavon Looney, KJ Martin. Uh, KJ Martin's a stream in category leagues as well. Uh, Lou Dort, DiVincenzo, and DeLon Wright. If we look at the next four days, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. All of them are low-volume days, so you can stream on all those days. But where do we get some players who are worth grabbing? I think yeah, Brandon Clark's only got one game over the next four days, um, Friday through Monday. I don't know whether he's going to play big minutes, but I think he's worth grabbing. Horton Tucker's worth grabbing with Sexton out. Only one game, though. Kyle Anderson's worth grabbing. He's got two in the next four. That's useful. Matisse Thibel. Um, what happens in Portland is going to be very, very intriguing um, with the absences of Anthony Simons now added to those other guys. So how that all works and where Thibel fits along with Shaden Sharp is going to be very interesting. So we do want to watch Thibel, but he's worth a grab. Zach Collins has got one game in the next four. That's useful. Gafford, well, not useful. He's just a guy you have. Dan Gafford's got two. Jared Vanderbilt's got one. I think he's worth a grab. And DiVincenzo's got two. And there are three teams that play three games over the next four nights. It's the Hornets, the Heat, and the Knicks. So the the three teams that have the Friday, Saturday back-to-back 
also all play. They all play Friday, Saturday, Monday. So they're the only teams without three games in four nights uh, contribution. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.